on the job with Francis Leach. It's On The Job, the podcast, all about making your working life better. Francis Leach with you for another edition as we get closer to our 100th episode. I know, almost into triple figures, we get to raise the bat. How are you? Look, really special edition this week and really great timing too because, well, great timing, but bad news, but good timing. Anyway, let me explain. So in the UK at the moment, if you've been following the news, you'll know that the Tory government, under the tutelage of Liz Truss, the recently appointed Prime Minister on the merry-go-round of madness in number 10, has just released her new blueprint for success and prosperity in Britain, which basically is a hypercharged version of trickle-down economics, giving the richest a tax cut, abolishing the 45% top tax bracket completely, And at a time of incredible economic stress in that country, like it is here in Australia, with the cost of living crisis and heading into a tough winter in the UK with power prices, energy prices through the roof, particularly on the back of the situation in Ukraine, people are losing their minds, rightfully so. The pound has completely tanked. And after a summer of concerted and powerful action from British unions, who have used their industrial strength to go on strike and to make the point that wages have been stagnant and people can't afford to live even if they're working hard in jobs that should provide for them. Does that sound familiar, Australians? This is only going to get more intense. In fact, Britain could be heading from a summer of discontent into a winter of crisis, but British unions are doing their very best and doing great work in representing the interests of workers in that country, as they always have. So I thought it was time to check in with the Trade Union Congress, which is kind of like the ACTU for Great Britain, about what the summer has been like with uh, train strikes, industrial action across all sectors from the care industries, teachers, the whole lot. Just Google it, you'll see it. It's been really successful. It's been hugely supported by the general public who understand that trade unionists are just people like you and me. That's what trade unionists are. And they're on the streets and doing the work to try to represent the best interests of all Britons to enjoy a decent and fair living from the work that they do not just giving tax cuts to the rich, which is nuts at a time like this when people can't afford to heat their homes or feed themselves. Simple things like that. Also, just sidebar, one of the uh, actions that Trust took, (laughs) good honour, was to uh, take down any barriers to bankers giving themselves bigger bonuses. I know, right? I was a little gap. You can swear there, and I understand. I'm with you fully on that. Crazy stuff. Anyway, so today... We're going to meet Kevin Rowan. Now, Kevin is the Regional Secretary of the Northern Trade Union Congress. He did that job for 10 years, and these days he's the Head of Organising and Services and Learning at the Trade Union Congress in Great Britain. And I spoke to him earlier in the week. Now, this has got a bit of live action to it, this particular pod, because I was in Parliament House late on, I think it was Tuesday night last, and there was a division going on. Now, when there's a division going on in Parliament, the bells ring, and they ring loud, and they ring long. And so that alarm in the background is not the fire alarm going off and me trying to run down the stairs to safety. That's an alarm going off saying, hey, senators, get your butts back in the chamber. So anyway, you get a bit of live action feel for it from there. So that's the noise in the background. All explained, all done. Good. Let's meet Kevin Rowan. This is On The Job with Francis Leach. 
Kevin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Francis. Lovely to, to meet you. Hasn't been dull where you are, has it? <laughs> uh, no, it's been a it's pretty dynamic, pretty volatile time in the trade union labour movement, particularly I think in the last six months. But actually, what we're seeing industrially has been brewing probably for uh, 10, 15 years. What we're seeing politically, I think a lot of us have felt has been coming down the tracks for some time too. So it's uh, it all seems to be happening at once but it's keeping us busy but i think probably we need to just not observe that this is a busy time but actually this is a really good time uh, for trade unions that return to industrial activism the return of confidence in workers to push back on what employers are saying to them and what they're doing to them and to, you know to stand collectively to fight for fair pay and fair terms and conditions is good to see that kind of voice and union action and collectivism being very much on the agenda, I think is really encouraging for working people. It is. We've watched uh, here from Australia and seen a lot of industrial action in the UK, more than we've seen in a very long time over a restless summer, whether it's been in the uh, in the railway sector, in the carer sector and in other sectors in the British economy. Can you give us a bit of an understanding of what has happened, what sort of industrial action has been taken, what outcomes you've been able to achieve and maybe a little bit of a sense of what's been underpinning this move to really take it to the street and demand a better deal for workers? Well, we're certainly seeing a level of industrial action and industrial activism right across the economy. To be honest, there isn't one sector that isn't getting a sense of agitation and action. As you're saying, the the kind of disputes that have got the headlines of the big uh, national industrial action in rail, first time in a generation that those unions have been able to meet the very restrictive ballot thresholds that we've got uh, in the UK. We're seeing... Uh, industrial action in Royal Mail, in BT, big really set piece bits of industrial action. But actually, we've we've got round about 300 strikes happening right now in the UK. Lots of localised, small scale industrial action. Everything from individual schools taking industrial action to bus depots and, and you know some aspects of the uh, of the service sector. So it is right across the economy. There is this. It's almost like contagion of confidence, I think, uh, of workers taking action. Uh, And it's not like there's one spark that's led to this. I think there's been a gradual erosion of people's terms and conditions and quality of life. People's wages have been effectively year on year going less far than than they have the year before. Uh, But then we've seen a real spike in inflation. Inflation now more than 10%, likely to rise significantly higher. And that's you know really kind of hit home to people how badly off they are in relative terms. And that's really forced people to take action. And of course, the massive increase in energy costs, which which you know, you know, people can see from space the difference that's making to uh, to people's cost of living, where you know people, you know, on average their bills have gone from about ninety pounds a month to over two hundred pounds a month. So it's really hitting home in people's pay packets and their their kind of daily living expenses. And understandably, people have said that they're not going to put up with this and they're, they're demanding their wages go up to respond to those cost of living challenges. I mean, this is a very industrial agenda, but I think that there is a backdrop to it, which is clearly very political. You know, you've got a, a conservative party that their response, if you like, to the crisis that workers are experiencing is to take very little action to support workers at all. We've seen you know, an ongoing uh, squeeze on public sector workers. We've seen 
uh, very little happening to the the massive windfall profits that energy companies are making. And then we're seeing what's called a fiscal event, which looks like a bu- budget in any in any other name, where the government have decided that their best response is to make the wealthiest in society even more wealthy. So there is a real a real anger, a real frustration, a real desperation about the situation people are facing, but also a real confidence that by standing together and taking action collectively, we can push back and get some responses. And actually in the private sector, we've seen some employers saying, I recognise the challenges that the workforce are facing. I recognise the cost of living crisis and coming through with double digit pay deals. And that's what we need to see right across the economy. Yeah, if you saw the Chancellor of the Exchequer and the new Prime Minister Liz Truss go to the Commons just last week and sell their new dream, which is an old Thatcherite dream of trickle down economics, scrapping the 45p top tax rate and suggesting that what they needed to do was allow bankers to be free to give themselves bigger bonuses as a way of dealing with the cost of living crisis. What's been the reaction from union members in the UK to this, particularly after, as we said, the last couple of months of a very strident action to try to bring the government's attention to the fact that people are really struggling? Well, I mean, I think the the reaction has been an interesting one, Francis, to be honest, because I think people don't seem surprised by it. I think they feel they've already felt let down by the government, and this is just an example of them being further let down by this government. I think there's there's a sense that the government are showing their true colours, that that's uh, you know, a demonstration of who they're in government for. Uh, and you know, if you're one of the privileged few that earns more than £155,000 a year, you're going to be significantly better off. If you're like the majority of workers, and I think over half of our economy earn less than £15 an hour, then you're not going to be any better off. In fact, you're going to be worse off. So I think there is... A, almost a, a sense of frustration, a sense of anger, but, but a lack of surprise and a kind of resignation that, well, we kind of expected the government to do this. I mean, it was well trailed before the kind of mini budget uh, on Friday, so no one was particularly uh, shocked by what's been said. What it will do, I think it will, it will harden people's resolve that the only way that they're able to get a fair deal is by taking control of that themselves by taking action and not relying on the government to bail them out. Um, I think we're likely to see an increase in action. In fact, one of our biggest uh, unions, the National Education Union, opened a consultative ballot on Saturday. And within 24 hours, they had 75,000 people that had voted in favour of pushing back against their pay freeze. So I think this is going to escalate people's anger. It's going to increase the action that people are prepared to take. And we'll see people more determined, if you like, to push back on on the situation that they're facing. Because it feels as well, in lots of ways, that uh, the situation in the UK is more acute than even it is here in Australia, particularly when it comes to the energy crisis and upcoming British winter, which is going to be tough, and the sense that people are now having to choose, working people are now having to choose whether to keep themselves warm or to feed their children. I mean, is that an overstatement or over-dramatisation of uh, the cost of living crisis and the choices that some or lots of British people are going to have to make over the next few months? We kind of say these things, uh, you know, that you know that people are choosing between heating and eating, and almost like the the kind of extreme shock that that sentence should bring isn't there anymore. It's almost become normalised that we've got people who are working full time using food banks. We've got people that are working full time having to 
you know, sit in a cold house and use microwave instead of putting the oven and the heating on uh, because they're so anxious about their bills. We've seen the pound collapse, interest rates going up, mortgage payments likely to go up. The level of desperation that you know working people are facing is the most extreme that we've had for a number of generations. Even at the height of the financial crash, 2008, 9, 10, people don't seem to have been in such a desperate uh, kind of cost of living crisis as they're in now. And, and that's this isn't people who are on benefits, on the fringes of society. This is people who are working full time in public services, in the private sector, that are really, really struggling to make ends meet. And you know, so the, the, the reaction from, from our government has been one of, well, you know, complete callous disregard for, uh, for, the, for anyone who's not already wealthy. And it's, it, I say, people, I, I think, should have been more shocked and appalled than they are, but there's almost a resignation of, well, that's what we were expecting from them. So we've got this situation where this government is uh, still in power for the next couple of years and the British Labor Party hasn't really committed itself in the same way that the trade union movement has to challenging this you know, economic orthodoxy that the British government, the Conservative government, are uh, willing to go down. What's stopping Keir Starmer and the Labor Party from supporting wholeheartedly the trade union movement in, in its push to put food on the table for working people and keep their houses warm? Well, it's interesting. I mean, as, as we speak, Francis, the Labour Party conference is happening up in, in Liverpool and Rachel Reeves, the Shadow Chancellor, I think gave a pretty powerful tub-thumping speech about rebalancing the economy towards uh, working people yesterday, reversing that 45% tax cut for uh, the most wealthy and using the money that would be regained by the Treasury to pay for nurses and public service workers. So I think we are seeing you know, very positive signs coming out of the Labour Party. And, and Keir Starmer today will reaffirm, I think, Labour's commitment towards a new deal for working people, including pushing back on the threatened further restrictions on trade unions that, that we know that the, the current government are going to introduce. So I think, you know, the Labour Party are on the side of working people and are on the side uh, of trade unions. There was a motion yesterday supporting uh, Labour Party MPs joining picket lines and supporting trade unions. I have to say most of them have been already. Uh, so I think you know we ought not to kind of see our Labour Party through the prism of how our media presents them. There are really strong relations between Labour and the trade union movement and it's a very positive agenda for working people. Just how possible is it that Britain will once again suffer another sort of rupture in, in, in the social fabric, as it did in 2011, the London riots off the back of the global financial crisis, and say it did in the early 80s with, in Brixton and Toxteth and other places as uh, the Thatcherite experiment got underway? As this winter goes on and working people find it really tough, is there a fear that uh, it could be a really difficult winter again and it, it could mean that there's going to be unrest? Well, I think lots of people are concerned about what's going to happen in the months and weeks ahead. Certainly, as winter bites those on, if you like, the in the most precarious uh, financial situations, there are predictions of thousands of deaths if we see a cold winter, and that's a really shocking thing for anybody to say in an advanced economy, you know, the sixth with fourth or fifth, sixth with richest economy in the world that the the UK is. Uh, it's a really shocking indictment of uh, of how we're running it. I think. In terms of the, you know where people find expression for that frustration, the Conservative government, you know, Liz Truss, new Prime Minister, said that she's going to clamp down on the ability of unions and working people to take industrial action. 
Now, what we're seeing is, is a major increase in industrial action, still relatively low compared to you know, maybe, maybe 50 years ago, but still we're seeing a significant increase. If, if that's shut down further and people don't have the ability to express that frustration, that anger and that concern through lawful industrial action, then they're going to find unlawful routes to express that anger and frustration. Uh, so, you know, we're a democratic organisation. We believe in, you know, civil society and democracy. But if we're shut down from uh, an ability to kind of express uh, and demonstrate our frustration through lawful measures, then I'm afraid people are going to feel so frustrated that they'll be taken to the streets, that they're, they'll they be protesting in organised ways. Uh, and, you know, nobody can rule out civil disobedience because people are so desperate and so angry. Kevin, what sort of uh, laws are being proposed uh, to try once again curtail the effectiveness of British trade unions? Well, we already operate in one of the most you know, uh, restricted, regulated frameworks for, for unions taking industrial action. You know, the ballot thresholds, the turnout, the length of time that the ballot in, uh, is live for is the most restrictive in Western Europe. Uh, but our government obviously doesn't like working people speaking up and challenging uh, what's happening in their lives. So they're, they're proposing a number of things. One is uh, minimum service levels. So in areas like rail, but also potentially in other sectors that are essential services in the econ- economy, the government are, uh, are intending to introduce minimum service levels. Now, I mean, the ironic thing is we have minimum service levels in places like the National Health Service. And we would actually need an increase in staffing to meet those minimum service levels because staffing is, is so precious. If they introduce that in rail, we can only operate a safe railway if you've got something like 80% of staff uh, working. So it's effectively a ban on strikes uh, in that sector if they do that. But they're also thinking about increasing the threshold levels for both turnout and yes votes in industrial action, lengthening the cooling off period between a ballot and workers being able to take action giving employers a right to reply on the ballot form. So this is the offer, This we're recommending rejection, and here's the employer's explanation of why that's the offer. So really kind of loading the dice against working people and against trade unions because they, they just don't like anybody disagreeing with them. That's the reality of it. I mean, they just introduced new uh, legislation to stop people demonstrating and protesting in public. This government doesn't like any dissent. It's becoming increasingly almost like a totalitarian regime. And it's uh, not a model of Western democracy that anybody should be proud of. Given everything that's gone on there, have you seen a growing uh, appetite for people to join British unions and, and the public support for industrial action, even though it obviously causes some disruption uh, in their lives? Is there an understanding and support for the necessity of it? And is that encouraging? Well, I think, Francis, that, that's where there's real encouragement for, for the trade union movement. Because we, we know I mean, when when rail workers go on strike, when public service workers go on strike, when you know schools are closed, there's massive disruption for all of us. And people try and separate you know, the general public from working people, but actually working people and trade unions are the general public. There is no difference between the two. So it's not kind of pitting one side against the other. But you know, people have you know, trade unions when they take action are very conscious of the impact that that has on working people and try to kind of build those relationships. And actually all of the kind of uh, public opinion to date shows really strong support for for those workers taking action because everybody's experienced the same cost of living crisis. So that's a real boost for working people because it's very difficult. You know, it's a very difficult personal decision to go on strike. It's not something that people do willy-nilly. They're very conscious of it. 
And we have seen, actually, I mean, we've got a, a tool on the TUC's website, similar on the uh, Australian Congress, where if people want to join a union, they can go on our website and it points them in the direction of the right union. We've seen an increase in over 800% of people using that union finder tool. So if that's reflected in union membership, then we will see a, a, an upturn in union membership over the next over the next period. Because actually, you know, people join a union because they want a fair deal at work. And increasingly, they're seeing the only way, the only way they can get that fair deal at work is by not just being part of a union, but by being active in a union and standing together collectively to push back on their, uh, their experiences. Kevin, that is the message that this podcast delivers week in, week out, and you've stuck the landing beautifully on it. Well done, comrade. Uh, good luck with what's ahead. And uh, it's been really great to get an insight from you about what's been happening in the UK. And we wish you all the very best with the winter ahead. And uh, yes, uh, let's hope that those uh, union numbers go through the roof and uh, you get the results that uh, you've been fighting hard for. Thank you very much, Francis. Really good to talk to you and good luck with your new Labor government pushing back on all of the negative experiences you've had for a few years in Australia. All the very best. With Francis Leach, this is On The Job. Kevin Rowan there, the Head of Organising Services and Learning at the Trade Union Congress in Great Britain, talking to us about the situation in that country as they head into a difficult winter and facing many of the similar problems that we are in this country when it comes to secure work, decent pay, and dealing with the cost of living crisis. And as Kevin said in there, it's a wise man that he is, join your union. Australianunions.org.au is where you do it in this country uh, to get a better deal for yourself and your family and other workers as well, because we're all in this together. And uh, not just joining, join and become an active member in your union. That is the best way to assist in our uh, continued efforts to improve the working lives of people in all sectors across our community. That's it for this week's edition of On The Job. My name's Francis Leach. You know the drill. If you can give us a rating on your uh, preferred app, whatever that may be, so that we can uh, get some, you know, a bit of action on the, uh, the pod charts. I know used to be rock charts and everyone wants to be on the podcast charts including us so if you give us some stars and whatnot it helps us pump up the algorithm and all that sort of stuff you just heard the latest email come in i'm always working and uh, we'll catch you on the next edition of on the job i might be our 100th i think i better start counting bye-bye